Is it on? Welcome to the Shaunt Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Yeah, so I really think F1 is going to be the next big sport in America. Um, Soccer is making a, a big push with the World Cup right now. Um Oh, oh shit! You want me to talk about coastal football? <laughs> That's what this podcast is. Do I have to? Are you forcing me to? Because it feels like you're forcing me to. Uh. All right, fine, fine, fine. Coastal gets their ass handed to them on a silver platter, forty-seven to seven by James Madison, and cut. End of episode. All right, boys. And so the World Cup, um, the U.S. looked really, really good against England. Um, they've got Iran coming up. And, you know, beyond the geopolitical, fuck, you guys are really making me going to talk about Coastal. Uh, you guys are all giving me the side eye. All right. All right. All right. Josh, help me out here. Get me started on Coastal. What What was your big takeaway from Saturday? Don't, don't, don't sugarcoat it, please. I can't handle it. Yeah, so we, we've had some legendary episode names here recently, but one of the first ones that was legendary is exactly how I feel about this game, and it's a don't-care attitude. That was one of the first times we've ever said anything like that, but, I mean, that's just what it was. Like you said, we got it handed to us on a silver platter. They they topped it off nice with all the – anything you want. They Thanksgiving plate was at, in Harrisonburg this week, and Coastal didn't bring anything to the party. They showed up to the potluck without anything to bring, and they they got their karma for that. I mean, I didn't see anything positive in the game outside of the first, like, seven minutes where we were up, like, seven to six. Coastal got it handed to them. There's really – I mean, there's really not much to say positive at all. This is the worst performance of the season, and I don't care that number 10 is not playing – that, that can get you so far, and I can hear some excuses about that. But as far as the rest of the team, this is that was terrible. 90 rushing yards in a game that we we know we have to run because we don't really have the quarterbacks. And then to allow I, – I, I mean, Centeno looked like – he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. Um, and without Grayson McCall out, he might be the best outside of Van Trees. He looked like prime Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, anyone you could want. I mean, they handed it to it. There's literally nothing good to say. I mean, I just – I was shocked. That was the first thing I was – that was my reaction to seeing this. I was just completely shocked. You know, I thought that, you know, we were going to build a little bit more confidence going into the Sun Belt Championship game. Now, it's a lot of uncertainty now because we don't even know, you know – we don't know if Grayson will be ready for the Sun Belt Championship. Now, granted, um, I did hear an interview from Ch- uh, Chadwell. Coach Chadwell did say that he was out of his boot, and he said he was making progress. So he may be ready by Saturday. But just just like you said, Josh, I don't care attitude. We I feel like we overlooked our opponent again, just like we did when we played Old Dominion at homecoming. And, you know, it just – it got worse, and <laughs> it got worse in a in a in a quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because 
that wasn't close to football. That was before we went, you know, on this big run we've been going on over the last three years. This was back when we had Joe Mowgli as head coach. <laughs> I hate to say it, but, you know, Jared Guess, I'm trying to be positive here. I'm trying my hardest to be positive. But, Jared Guess, I'm sorry. You just didn't have it Saturday. Yeah, and can, I hate can I put words in your mouth here real quick, Jordan? He ain't it. Huh? He ain't it. He okay. ain't it. Man, that's okay. just that, that ain't it, Chief. Okay. Well, that ain't it. You right. You right, Curtis. That ain't it. Because that was not – this man – Jared Guess, you didn't even throw for 100 yards this game. Your QBR was in, like, 31 – like, you're not going to win any football games with these stats, folks. It's not going to happen. And I don't know why we didn't give Bryce Carpenter – I don't know why this coaching staff in general doesn't allow him to throw the ball. You know, we talked before the podcast even started. You know, Josh brought it up. He's only had six attempts of throwing this year. Like, we – this guy was the quarterback before Grayson. And even even we've let the freshman in, Bryce Archie, in. Like, if you guys know that Jared Guest isn't going to get the job done, don't you think you guys can make – I don't know. We've said this before in the past. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to think of it. What's the word I'm looking for? Adjustments. If we play like this come, come Sunday, Saturday against Troy in that Sunbelt Championship game, we're done. And I hate to be like that. I mean – we don't even know who we're going to play in the bowl game, but un- unless we get Grayson back, uh, hopefully we can get him back su- Saturday. But if we don't get him back in time, dare I say it, but we might not we might not win another game the rest of the season because that performance was just not good in the secondary. We're going to get into the secondary and the defense a whole later, but it just wasn't good. Hey, Jordan, how does uh, Cure Bowl, the trilogy, sound to you? Woo! Electric Boogaloo Part 2, Part 2. Absolutely. Hey, I mean, as far as vacations go, hell yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, the Shark Show boys, we'll take it on again, but. <laughs> Mario, um, this was not pretty in any sense of the word. What are your takeaways from Saturday? Is there any positivity that can be taken from this game? So I don't know what y'all talking about, talking about a cure bowl. What I see right here is after this game, when the AP rankings come out, we're going to be top 15. We're going to go to the Fiesta Bowl. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have a good time. Like, this is a great game. By we all. need one more loss so the college football playoff committee can see us. Hey, look, I don't know what, you, I don't know what y'all talking about, but after this game, we're going above Notre Dame for sure. <laughs> no, no, but um, all serious stuff. All seriousness, it wasn't a great game. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah, I mean – I mean, I got to be honest, it, it, it just wasn't. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, and, and Josh was right, right. You can only go so far by saying, oh, we didn't have Grayson McCall. Like, it didn't matter who you put in there, okay? Would the score have been a little bit different? Sure. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you put Grayson McCall in there. It doesn't matter if you put Bryce Carpenter in there, uh, Archie. It, it, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, they didn't play good at all. They didn't play they, – they, they just absolutely sucked. And I don't know what it was, man, but, like, it's crazy. I can't even wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around 
how they managed to do this. I know we have like the same, like, you know, defensive scheme that we never adjust and everything like that. But for some reason, this game, it seemed like JMU just had the entire blueprint on how to, on how to absolutely shut this program down. I mean, we talked to it. And, and the sad part is like, when I look at the stats, the sad part is I talked about Thornton being their number one wide receiver. He had a good day. He had six receptions, 93 yards. But then this guy Ravenel comes in. He has five receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand how Coastal let this slip. I really don't. And I don't know. And honestly, it it annoys me. It really does. This was so bad that I've been talking about how, like, we put in, like, like, there's been games where we put in, like, new guys and names we haven't seen. This was so bad that the names that we've been talking, that we were talking about, they put in even newer names. So like there, there's people on the like when I look at the stats, there's people on Coastal's team that I didn't even know was on this team. I never even heard of. I never even like seen. Like we got guys, Cash, Shelton, um, I'm 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 looking Diggs, Ellenberger, I Henry. I had no clue these dudes were even on the team. This was such a bad game that they probably put the fourth stringers if the if they did have them, fifth stringers to go and do this job. Hey, but you know what? There is a good thing about this whole game. If we want to talk about some positivity, there is a good thing. What we've been saying for like the beginning of the season, McDoom finally played. That's been something we've been talking about, right? Like McDoom playing. We don't get to see that a lot. He finally stepped in and he played. He played, uh, he played DB and he played decently well. Like, like, I don't get it, but this game was so bad. And I didn't, I couldn't watch it. I was too busy working the basketball game. But um, one of my coworkers kept telling me about it. He was like, yeah. Uh, Coastal was down 20 to 7. Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm not too worried. It's 20 to 7. Coastal just got to get a touchdown and back in this game. Next thing you know, like 20 to 7 turned into like turned into 30, 30 turned into 40. I thought the, I, I didn't even care. I, I looked at the score right now. I thought we were, I thought the score, the final score was 40 to 7. I looked at it right now, it was 47 to 7. I was like, you guys did worse than, he, than even what I thought you did. Like, like, this was very disappointing. Now, obviously, you know, a lot of people are going to point fingers at Jared Guess, and I'm and I'm going to be honest, he didn't have himself a good game at all. I'm going to be real. But at the end of the day, you know what? It, both sides of the ball didn't play well. The, the defense absolutely – the defense was atrocious. The game plan was the same, and they didn't adjust to it like usual. I bet you any money that's exactly what it was. I saw the highlights. They were getting ragdolled everywhere. They couldn't stop no conversions. Like, whatever, whatever you guys want to say – we can we can point fingers at Jared Guess all we want, but at the end of the day, both sides of the both sides of the ball didn't help each other out. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need a you need a little fire from the other side of the ball to kind of light a fire in, in in on the other side and to play good. Sometimes the defense needs to light that fire so the offense can get a little hyped and motivated. Sometimes the offense has to do it to the defense and vice versa. But this game, nobody did that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know whether they were looking ahead. This game, I would find it very hard to look ahead because you had a chance to put this in, uh, to put this in Brook Stadium, and to have a Sun Belt Championship game played at Brook Stadium. So I don't know what they were looking ahead at, but this is what I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to tell this team: like, put your foot on the on the pedal and floor, and like, and they don't do that. They don't. Yeah, so, you you, know, you made mention there at like twenty to seven, twenty turned into thirty, and thirty turned into forty, and forty turned into forty-seven eventually, and realistically James Madison could have scored two or three more touchdowns but like this team quit 
that's the most embarrassing thing to come out of Saturday. Is this team quit? Two, like, they got down by two scores and rolled over. They did the same thing to, to, to Old Dominion. It, it's like this team plays against teams that are below them. And they just, they get punched in the mouth and they go, hey, listen here, you can't do that again. And the rest of the Sun Belt is scared of Coastal Carolina or is terrible. And so they don't do it again and Coastal wins. James Madison gave Coastal the double bird and punched him in the mouth again. And Coastal ran away like a little yippy dog with their tail, tail tied, you know, between their legs. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. And I, I don't, I just, I don't get it. You said it there, Mario. This was a chance for Coastal to host the Sunbelt Championship game for the first time ever. Yes, they would have hosted in 2020, but they didn't get a chance to play that game. And now we have to play a fantastic Troy team that. If you want my honest opinion, it's better than James Madison. What's the final score of that game going to be? It's a it's coming up later this week, and I'm already shitting bricks. If the line is anything less than 20 points, Vegas is insane. We talked before the podcast, and we kind of had our own little you know, discussion of like what happened, you know, we do a little bit of prep work before we just jump in and hit record. And a thought finally came to mind for me. Coastal Carolina played Gardner Webb so long ago, but you know what concept Gardner Webb ran that worked? They ran go routes and they ran deep crosses and the linebackers didn't drop deep enough, nor were they communicated with enough to stick with their man. The safeties didn't communicate and pass off responsibilities. And Boykin and Strong had their hands tied behind their backs and were told you're in zone coverage and you're playing the flat. (laughs) Hey, guess what? That game against Gardner-Webb, that game happened... In week two. It is now week 12. And the same shit. Killed Coastal in this game. Um, Why does Chad Stagg still have a job today? We made mention of it in our midseason report card. That this this defense and this team. They have a game plan coming in. Minute one of game one. And that's what we're doing until minute zero of week 12. What the fuck? It's not good enough. It's not good enough for a high school team. It's not good enough for a JV team. It's not good enough for a seventh grade team. Why is it good enough for Coastal Carolina? Jordan... This defense has been plagued by the same problems over and over again. We thought that maybe they had fixed some after Old Dominion, but clearly they hadn't. What's going on here, and 
are there major changes necessary in order for this unit to improve in the last two games of the season? I don't know exactly what needs to be done changes-wise, but I think that there need to be some changes. Um, it's – I don't know. It's kind of just disheartening because this defense – we feel like this defense can be one of the best in the Sun Belt. And, you know, some games they come out playing great, and then other games they, you know, they just, they just drop the ball. And like you said, we're getting beat on – Go routes, we're getting beat on post routes, we're getting beat on curl routes, we're getting beat on slant routes, we're getting beat. You can pretty much pick any playbook in Madden or NCAA, and guess what's going to get, and guess what? We're going to get beat by it. We're going to get beat by it. It's just disheartening. You know, we talked about guys like DeJordan Strong, we talked about guys like Lance Boykin. You know, these guys are some of the best out there. Jacob Rocher, we've been on this show talking great about this guy. You know, Jacob's been playing great pretty much most of the season. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times this, this game, you know, I hate to say it, but Jacob didn't really play well this game. You know, Lance Boykin didn't really play great this game. You know, DeJoy Strong didn't really play great this game. Somebody in that unit is going to have to go to each other and go to themselves and say, hey, I'm not playing the best. We're not playing the best. Let's fix this right now. Let's try to go out here and be the best the last two games. Let's go out here and try to be the best that we can and try to bring another trophy back to Coastal. But I need some accountability. I need one of those guys to do that. Um, you know, defensive line didn't play great. You know, I was expecting a big game from Gerard Clark. I, I made it a pivotal point that if he could go out and keep playing the way he played before this game, that we could be – we have a chance. And we didn't. You know, the defense line was nonchalant this game. The linebackers didn't play great this game. Something's going to have to give, guys. We're going to have to play a lot better than this against Troy because I can tell you right now, Troy is going to be ready to play. And if you don't come ready to play, you're going to get beat again by 40 points. and then. We can't have – I can tell you this, we can't have two losses going into a bowl game. You know, granted, we don't know where we're going to end up. Curtis, you might be right. We might be going back to Orlando. I mean, we we don't know where we're going to end up. But I can tell you right now, if you have two bad losses going into a bowl game, that confidence is going to go go down. Even if we do get Grayson back, it's not going to be the same team that it was after we beat App State. But something's going to have to give. I don't know what Chad Stad's going to have to do, but he's going to have to think. He's going to have to go to sleep thinking about the Sun Belt Championship. And I'm eager to see what he's got. But this wasn't it. Yeah, I'll tell you what Chad Staggs has to do. Start looking for a new job. I'm done with it. I'm do- I've been done with it for two years now. It's unacceptable. And you know who can go with him? The defensive line coach. The leading tackler that played defensive line this week, Adrian Hope. He had two tackles. One was a sack. Uh, Gerard Clark had two tackles, uh, half a tackle for loss. And, um, oh, yeah, that guy that, yeah, that guy that had the third most returning sacks in the country. Yeah, he's not even on the box score. He put up a goose egg. No tackles, no assisted tackles, no forced fumbles, 
no sacks, no tackles for loss. You look at this game, and it's like he didn't even play. Mario, this defensive line was an embarrassment. This secondary was an embarrassment. What changes have to be made here, if any? And can this defense return to its post-Old Dominion level for the next two games? Well, I'm going to be honest, Curtis. I'm not sure. You know, I remember that one episode that never got released when we were talking about it. I remember us specifically talking about Gardner-Webb. And I was like, and I'm like, Curtis, it's only week two. Like, you know what? There's so much more football to be played. And you know what? Did they go seven and five? No. Did they go 11 and one? No. But in that case, like, you were right. There were just no changes were made. And now it's week 12. You got two weeks left in the season. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to change nothing. Sometimes I think, I think one thing that helps is sometimes you got to take a look in the mirror as an athlete or a coach, regardless of who you are, if you're on a team, sometimes you got to take a look in the mirror and you got to like evaluate who that man in the mirror is. You got to evaluate what you're doing wrong and you got to correct it. You know, and that's not just, not just football, but that's life. For some reason, you know what I, 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 and I said this, I believe in our like pre uh, our preseason episode or whatever, for some reason, whenever a coastal Carolina football player, specifically defensive line, if you notice, whenever they have a good coming off a good season, the next season, they don't come off. They don't do that great. They don't. I said this, and I, and I said it specifically about Josiah Stewart. I said, I hope, I hope he doesn't ha- have the same season that uh, CJ Brewer did the previous year, where CJ Brewer was an All American and he comes back and he gets what, one and a half sacks? I said, I hope Josiah Stewart doesn't do that. One guy on that coastal defensive line that really was consistent, well, there's two of them, but one guy specifically that I can remember, Gunter. Gunter may have not have gotten you like 10 sacks a year, but he would give you a solid six sacks. You know, every single year, he would be a threat that defensive coordinators would at least take a look at. We don't have that this year, I don't think, with Josiah Stewart. We don't have that this year with Gerard Clark. And I think as the leaders of that defensive line, those are the guys that are going to have to look in the mirror and be like, something's got to change. I got to do something. And obviously, it goes back to the defensive line coach and the defensive coordinators uh, coordinators as well. They're For some reason, they're not making adjustments. And again, they're just they're, they're just letting their foot off the gas. That's what they're doing. So I think these next two weeks are crucial. It's too late now. and you, you need to adjust what you did last game, but it's too late now to have a whole different game plan. You only got two weeks left. So for me, I say you focus on this Sunbelt Championship. You are already study Troy, see what Troy is going to do, and then be prepared for that. Put this game, toss this game away, learn from it, and then come back and at least give us a Sunbelt Championship that we can put in the trophy case. Josh, we come to you for the last thoughts on the defense. A pretty shambolic performance here. Were there any positives you were able to take away from it, or is this a complete loss, throw away the tape, and focus on Troy? Yeah, I, I like the word that you just used. I don't know if that's a real word, but shambolic. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And the Coastal Carolina shambolic defense. I think that's what we should call it now. Um, I can't give you any positive reasons, but I can give you 502 negative reasons. And that's how many yards we allowed to James Madison. They ran for more yards than we had total by 30. We had 183 total yards of offense, and they ran for 215. They were averaging like 7.3 yards a carry. Todd Santeo, like he might be the best quarterback we've played all season. That's fine. And we held him to – he was incomplete in passes, but 
he was electric in every other way. I mean, he just sliced and diced five total touchdowns. I mean, that's like a Heisman-type performance against our defense. Like, and like nothing against him because he's really good, but that Thornton kid just killed us. Six catches, 93 yards. I thought he would get just big chunk plays, but he wasn't. The problem was he wasn't even the guy that killed us for touchdowns. They had a guy with two touchdowns who we mentioned did nothing before then. And then they had two other guys who combined for three catches, but like 80 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, we were giving up chunk plays. They had two guys with carries over 30 yards as their maximum. Meanwhile, I hate to compare it to us, but the guy who had the best yards per carry in our, on our side was Bryce Archie, who's a red shirt and just saw his first action. We couldn't do anything. And, and they, they moved the ball as if there was, they weren't playing a defense as if, we didn't even show up. And I mean, that's probably the best analogy I can give you is that they were literally playing ghosts out there. They set us on rookie mode. Like no 502 yards is unacceptable. No matter the situation, no matter the team, I don't care. I don't care that they were on the field a lot because of the offense that's unacceptable. And no, I, that's 502 bad reasons. And I really can't give you one, except I'm glad to see Matthew McDoom in there fourth in the team in tackles yeah jordan last word on the defense before we move to the other side of the ball that was equally shambolic well you know josh brings up the the yardage and everything it just it just brings me back to what we we talked about last week we literally said last week that you know james madison has nothing to lose we literally said this was their subsequently their bowl game this was the last game that they were going to – last time they were going to be able to come out on this field and play. And we literally said Coastal had better come out ready to play or we could lose. And look what happens. Like, they had absolutely nothing to lose. They knew this was their last game, and they literally sunk their seniors out with a huge win over a Coastal Carolina team that, you know, was pretty much – had a great year this year we've had a this has been a pretty de- decent year for us but you know to start out their first year in the Sun Belt and to put up what they did against some of the best teams in the Sun Belt, James Madison is going to be a team to be reckoned with and you know they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for years to come we 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 got to do a lot we got to do a lot better come next year next year is going to be at Coastal so I'm hopeful Next year, it'll be a much better game than this, but I, we we literally said they were going to come ready to play, and this is what they did. They were ready. We weren't. Yeah, to build off of that before we get to the offense, James Madison is what Coastal thinks they are. Um, James Madison has excellent facilities for their athletes. They're in not a prime location. Like that's the only thing Coastal has going for it over James Madison is Myrtle Beach and it's called Dirty Myrtle for a reason. Like it's it's not as good as everyone likes to claim it is. But they're who Coastal thinks they are. And this performance above everything else proved that James Madison is ready for the FBS is ready for the Sun Belt and is ready to kick Coastal in the ass for the next 10 years if Coastal doesn't do something about it. They scare me. They scare they I mean, 
listen, they're in the Sun Belt East, so they got to play Marshall and App State and us and Georgia. I guess those teams show up every now and then, but they're scary. They're going to be good for a long time. And if Coastal doesn't get their act together, it's going to be tough to not finish fourth in the Sun Belt East. Like, it's not going to be good. One of the ways that you can finish higher than fourth in the Sun Belt East uh, is by having an offense that does literally anything. Coastal didn't have that on Saturday. Um... 183 total yards split almost evenly between passing and rushing 3.6 yards per care or excuse me 3.6 yards per completion 2.3 yards per carry 5 of 17 on third down after I might add starting 4 of 7 you want to tell me this team didn't quit Yeah, they quit. And this offense went downhill real fast. Josh, it's one of the worst offensive performances that we've seen out of Coastal in a long time. Where did this come from, and and what does it mean? Well, I'll tell you real quick that I thought my audio was broken. I was driving down listening to the game. I thought my audio was broken because I only heard Jared Brown's name two times the entire game. I I couldn't believe it. That's a guy that we've said that we've needed to get more targets and at least, but like at this point, it's like when your quarterback is doing so bad, you can't move the ball. Why not put him that wildcat or try something, at least get him the ball to start every play. And it can't be worse than 2.2 yards of carry. So I don't know where that stems from. Tyson Mobley only two catches. Brayden Bennett only touched the ball three times in a game where he needed to eat targets. And I, I mean, CJ Beasley out carried Braden Bennett, Bedgood, Balthazar, and Brown combined. That doesn't really make any sense either. So, yeah, not getting Jared Brown the ball, not getting Tyson Mobley the ball. I understand Sam Pickney only getting the ball three times because your quarterback can't throw the ball three yards. So that kind of explains that. But not getting your playmakers the ball is the way to get them frustrated. It's a way to get them to transfer out, and nobody wants to play for a team like that. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I could have sworn, and I know I'm right. You don't have to correct me. It's just who I am. I know I'm right. James Madison had the best rushing defense in the Sun Belt, and they were top five in the country. They might even be top one. They were averaging 70 yards given up on the ground per game. And Coastal Carolina played into that by playing our power back who runs between the tackles over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know what breaks that? You know what breaks a good rushing defense? Forcing their linebackers out in space. Throwing wide receiver screens to Jared Brown where the outside linebacker has to panic and sprint to his own sideline to make a tackle. Hey, imagine that. You run a fake screen and then you give it to Beasley because that outside linebacker ran five yards away. Two touches for Jared Brown? Ridiculous. Three touches for Braden Bennett? 
a guy whose freshman season won the Sunbelt Championship in the 110-meter hurdle. We can't get that guy the fucking ball? I mean, listen, I was the biggest Jerome Bettis fan you'll meet when I was a kid, right? The days of Jerome Bettis are done. You can't win a game by giving the ball to a meatball over and over and over again. And I like what C.J. Beasley has. He's a good player. Calling him a meatball was an insult. I'm sorry. But it's his running style. It's who he is. He, he grinds you out through the center. And you played him to James Madison's hands. It goes back to what we've been saying on this podcast for weeks. Make an adjustment. How about we watch some film of our opponent, for Christ's sake? Jordan, a total loss on offense? I I mean, I don't know what you pull from this that's valuable in any sense. Where were the problems? What happened here? Uh, number one was quarterback play. We That was one, for sure. You know, that was... Probably that's the one I circle and I asterisk. Like, I will put notes by because if I put a circle by it, that means, you know, when we took tests, that means you got it wrong. Circle the quarterback. That's the one thing we got wrong. I can tell you that. Uh, running backs, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, Braden Bennett, we literally were just talking to this guy like three weeks ago, going on a month ago. We were just talking to him. He seemed like he was excited to get back out there. He's not even getting the touches. Like you said, Curtis, we know the type of player Brayden Bennett is. We know we all seen it. We know what kind of playmaker he could be. He's not this getting the ball. All sun belt. That's how that's how talented he is. If anybody knows, for those out there that don't know, like Brayden Bennett comes from. A long history of great players. His dad was a great player. Like, this guy can play. C.J. Beasley. I, you know what? And I hate to say this, but if it seems to me ever since he had that moment, <clears throat> he had that one moment with that Myrtle Hurdle against Georgia Southern, we haven't really seen or heard much from him. That one play, hadn't heard nothing since. And I, I'm not saying – I'm not saying it because, you know, I'm not saying – like his. Production just hasn't been the same since that game. Jared Brown hasn't gotten anything since that App State game. It seems like ever since that App State game, he hasn't been been the same player. We can't get the ball to Sam Pinkney anymore. We're not really saying his name anymore. We can't get the ball to any of our playmakers. You know, Tyson Mobley, he did have one touchdown, the only touchdown of the game, but we got to get 10 back. We got to get Tim back. We got to get him back quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, I, I want to make two points, and, and I'll ask you two questions when I'm done here. One, okay. C.J. Beasley, and I love that guy, but he was the fourth running back on the depth chart preseason for a reason. Like, it's just it's who he is. He's great. He stepped up and played well when the three guys ahead of him were injured. Let's not forget the contributions he's made to this team. But Jamie Chadwell giving him the ball over and over again against a team that's good against defending runs up the middle? What What's happening? And my question with that is, is the problem Jamie Chadwell? 
And I know that's a tough question to answer, but is the problem Jamie Chadwell? And my second thing, and I'll let you answer both at the same time, is the absence of Grayson McCall the reason we lost this game? I'd argue no. And I think that going after our quarterbacks and saying, hey, you didn't play as well as Grayson McCall isn't fair because nobody can. But I think playing better than they did, playing better than a JV starter in high school, is something that we should expect. So was the absence of 10 the reason we lost this game? And is Jamie Chadwell to blame for our offensive failures? I'll say no to the quarterback question because I think that we got – I felt like I felt like before going into this game that we had a good enough chance to win this game. Like I said, I wanted Bryce Carpenter. You can go back and listen to the podcast, the last pod. I wanted Bryce Carpenter to be a starting quarterback. I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable with Jared Guest coming out and being the quarterback for this game, knowing the the defense that we were going up against, knowing the talent that was on the other side of the football. I didn't. I wanted Bryce Carpenter, but. You know, they went with Guess. I guess they felt Guess was the better quarterback than Carpenter, but I wanted Carpenter. To answer your your other question, at times I do feel like Jamie Chadwell's not going into that playbook deep enough. We literally saw the bag of tricks that he had against App State. Like, he's not opening up the playbook at times, and I don't know if he's, he does that because of the quarterbacks he had this game, or because he didn't have Grace McCall, but you know, I, I expect Jay, I, I expect Jamie Chadwell to be a little bit more aggressive, you know, with the play call, regardless of who's out there throwing that ball. I think that at times he, he could do a lot better with the play call. I think I think he could, but you know, if for us to have a chance of winning out, we gotta have Grayson back. Now we gotta hope and see. I just don't know. I don't know if, if this if this continues. If for some reason Grayson can't come back, we're going to be in some trouble going down the stretch. I'm, that's all I got to say about it. No, that's that's totally fair. Mario, you're the last one to speak on this. Where are you at with this offense and what the hell happened on Saturday? Well, I'm going to be honest. I have no clue what happened Saturday, to be honest. The offense didn't show up. That's a simple way of saying it. I'm not going to go on an epic rant and go on and on and on about what went wrong and everything like that. What if you ask me what went wrong? Everything simple. Those those are the the simplest answers I can give you. This offense was not good. Um, but yeah, personally, in, in my opinion, I think the re- the only explanation for the reason why they started Jared Guest so much is because I mean, one of y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Bryce Carpenter is going to be here next year, and I think they wanted to give Jared Guest like some starting like experience. But the problem is enough of all of that. He didn't play that good. So eventually, you need to put a different quarterback in. You need to change up the environment of what's going on. They didn't do that. They stuck with Jared Guest thinking that they could get him going, but he didn't He he didn't get going. He didn't take off. The only argument I would have to – because I agree with you. I don't. I agree with all of you. I don't think Grace McCall starting this game, I still don't think they would have won because defense just played that bad. The only argument that I would have against it is maybe if Grace McCall was started – Maybe they score a touchdown and they make it like 14-14, and that ends up giving a little more fuel to the defense to like step up and make plays because it's in a crucial moment. Because we always talk about like how 
how opportunistic they are or whatever. Maybe they become opportunistic, get a interception. We're talking about a different ball game. That's the only argument I have. But even then, I still don't think that happens. I think the defense still plays the same exact way. And I just think I, I think we still get crushed. It's just not 47 to 7. But as far as this offense, they better figure out what went wrong. Because at the end of the day, you know, personally, I think going back to the whole CJ Beasley argument, I think they need to pick their their best weapons and run with them, to be honest. I see we had a bunch of running backs running last game, and I don't I don't think that's necessary. I think they need to pick their best running backs who they believe is gonna make the biggest contribution to the team and to the Sunbelt Championship game. And I think they need to play those guys. If that if CJ Beasley's not that name there, then they shouldn't then they shouldn't start him or they shouldn't play him that much. But you guys mentioned that I want to see Braden Bennett more. He didn't get the touches that he needed to. It's not like Braden Bennett's like this unproven player. We know what he's capable of. We've seen it last year. He It was just unfortunate that he suffered those types of injuries. And when you suffer an, in, an injury on Coastal, they never treat you the same again. When you get a setback on Coastal, they never treat you the same again. When you, ask Bryce Carpenter that. He used to be a starting quarterback for us for like a good like two years. Now all of a sudden, Grace McCall comes and it's like, and even when Grace McCall gets hurt, it's like they don't trust him. You know what I'm saying? So, personally, I don't know what happened with this offense, but they better figure it out. They better figure out who are the guys that are going to make the best contribution and who are going to help this team the most come Sunbelt Championship game, and they better make that choice. Yeah. No, and I think that's totally valid. We've seen it with Grayson McCall coming back from the shoulder injury this season where he's been babied and coddled, and they haven't run the same schemes that they did, and he hasn't taken the necessary risks that he took in, in the two seasons previous. And I'm with you. I, I wonder if this team is scared of injuries to the point where they are willing to sacrifice themselves to not send a guy to the, the trainer's room. And more power to him. Being in the trainer's room is one of the worst experiences. Being injured is awful. Let's not stand here and, and say that the shot show condones going in and diving headfirst into a pile after your helmet has come off no but if a guy's healthy let him play i don't understand it i don't get it but yeah i mean i'll throw it up to you guys are there any other things you want to get off your chest what are you feeling i guess we'll go this the we'll give out our game balls they're all going to go to james madison players um I think Centeo stands out. Ravenel stands out. We'll, we'll give the game balls to those guys. We'll get that segment out of the way. But what are your takeaways from James Madison? Let's flip the script a little bit here. I said earlier in the podcast that I'm terrified of what James Madison can become and how they can push Coastal down the Sunbelt standings. Are you guys feeling the same way that I do? Yeah, you know who they – so Todd Centeo, right, he's a six-year player. They got him just this year. He contemplated retirement, actually. He's a pretty good story, and he was a hell of a player for him and played maybe his last football game ever um, against Coastal Carolina. But you know what they did that day, that morning? Yeah, they inked a transfer guy, Jordan McLeod. He was a two-year He was a two-year kind of starter at USF, and then he's been able to fill in at Arizona, super dynamic playmaker, just kind of like Centeno, but maybe a little more athletic, not as good of a passer, but – a power five transfer at quarterback for the next two years. He's got two years left of eligibility. They just brought him in same day that Centeno's leaving. They're not skipping a beat. Their coach came out. I, I respected what he said. He's like, straight up, we're the champions. Like, 
the rules only a thing because nobody's supposed to be this good. You're one, we're ready and we're here to stay. That's hundred percent true. And they're being aggressive in the transfer portal. They are not going anywhere. You are going to see them win eight, nine games every year for a long time. And yeah, I mean, like you said, you should be scared. They're a very good football program and they care about winning and they're going to do anything it takes to win. So yeah, that, that commitment right there shows me that they're not done. I hate to say this, but this game showed me that this could potentially be the passing of the torch. You know, James Madison reminds me of us in 2020. They remind me of us like that. They're a freaking mirror image of us from back in 2020. They literally just came and had one of the best years in their first year. This was only their first year in the Sun Belt. And they came out and they finished with, what, nine wins? Buckle your seatbelts because we're going to have to do a lot we're going to do a lot more when it comes to recruiting. God forbid. We all know Bryce Carpenter's leaving. This is it for him. This is his last year. But God forbid if Jared Guest is the starting quarterback of the Coastal Carolina Shiner Clears, if Grace McCall heads to the NFL draft. I hate to say it. I say put Bryce Archie in at quarterback. I would start him week one on the road. 2023 season against UCLA. I would start Bryce Archie. I would let him have the keys. I would not let Jared Guest be the starting quarterback against UCLA. I would. That's just my opinion. And and like Josh said, they do so well in the transfer portal. And I wish Coastal would do so much better in that in that category, we we are not that type of team that goes out and gets players from Power Five conferences and bring them here. Not good ones. We've got some players here from Power Five conferences. They've got they've had potential in some games, but they haven't shown it like all year. Like we need to go out and get another quarterback. And if we can't go out and get another quarterback, then enter the Bryce Archie era if Grayson doesn't come back. But I'm I'm terrified. You guys talk about you scared. I'm terrified of this team. James Madison wasn't a pushover in the FCS. We all knew it coming in. We knew that they weren't no pushovers. They were going to the playoffs just about every year when they were in the FCS. Competing for – trying to compete for uh, championships. Like, they're going to be – they're going to be a team that represents the East for years to come if we don't get our shit together because we tried so hard to worry about App State. We need to worry about this team. And we're gonna have to do it, and we're gonna do it quick, because they got what it takes to keep winning nine, eight games, like Josh said. Yeah, I agree with that, Jordan. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing too is what you mentioned about the whole like transfer players and everything like that. There's been guys that we've gotten from good universities and good schools, like um, TJ Ivy. We barely see him play. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what I'm saying. Even when we get good dudes from the transfer portals or good players, they don't play a lot. And I swear, if you look at every single coastal sport, almost well, specifically football and basketball, it's the same. It's the same story. We 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 don't do enough transferring, and then when we do, these guys they absolutely get the 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 shit end of the stick. Simple, and and it's it's tiring and it's unfortunate. And like you said, James Madison, they're really really good school. We got to get our stuff together. Now again, I'm not sure what Jared Guess is. If this is what Jared Guess is going to look like in the future, then yes, we need to move on. But you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he's gonna look like. I'm not sure what the I'm not sure if this was just a bad game by Jared Guess. 
I'm not sure. I do if the, if he, I I want him to keep his head up. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to pray for the, someone's downfall and be like, get, get the f off. Like I, I I hope that he gets better. I hope that he learns from this and this makes him a better quarterback. That's what I'm hoping. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping that's what happens is that he looks at this game. He's like, wow, I played like trash. What did I do wrong? And let me go into this next game and correct it because he's going to have to be a lot better. And I mean, 10 times better if he's got any chance of beating Troy offensively. If we got any chance, he's going to have to be a lot better. So you know what? I don't want to keep like bash. He had a bad game. Yes. But I hope that if he is going to be the starter again for the Sunbelt Championship game, I hope that he learns. I hope that he learns. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I can hope is that he... He takes this game as a learning lesson and he builds from it. That's what I could, that's what I honestly hope from. But again, if this is the way that Jared Guess is gonna play for his entire coastal career, then yeah, I don't want it. Then then yeah, we gotta move on. We gotta find somebody new. Whether that's Bryce Archie, whether it's some new guy that comes in next year, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we're gonna get the next reincarnation of Grayson McCall. I don't think that's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? That that was uh, you know, that was a blessing in itself when we got him. I don't think that's happening again, but Whoever the next the starting quarterback is for the Sunbelt game and even the future of Coastal Carolina, if that's Jared Guest, then I hope that he becomes a lot better from this game. For sure. But yeah, um our our entire fan base needs to keep keep an eye on, on what's going up there in purple and gold in, in Harrisonburg. It's 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 gonna be scary, and Coastal's gonna have to do their best to prevent it from getting worse than it is. With that, I think we go ahead and wrap up. For Josh, Mario, and Jordan, I'll go ahead and sign us off. Follow us on Twitter, at The Shant Show, on Instagram, at Shant Show. You know, this game is a total loss. Where are you guys at? What what changes do you think need to be made? Can Coastal compete in the Sunbelt Championship game, or is that just a pipe dream? Where are you guys at with this team? Let us know, hit us up, and, you know, we'll see you real soon. Um, send us in some questions. Uh, I'd love to have a section, uh, do a little press conference section where we just ask viewer um, viewer questions and get your thoughts onto the airwaves. So send those in. With that, I'll go ahead and sign us off. Again, look forward to our Sunbelt Championship pregame episode and a basketball episode. We're going to be doing those um, fairly uh, often now that the season is, is rolling along and football is wrapping up. So keep your eye out on the feed for those, and we'll see you real soon. Sean's up.